Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman. I'm Rabbi Avram Goldhar, and today we're on Seches Psachim Daf Yud Beis. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara brings a Mishnah from the Sanhedrin Daf Mem Amud Al that states, in regards to Adim who testified that they saw someone kill, Haybotkin Oso Besheva Chakiros. The court would check the trustworthiness of each witness with seven questions about when and where they saw the killing. Beis Shavua, Beis Shana, Beis Chodesh, Bekam Bechodesh, Beis Yom, Beis Shab, Beis Makom. During which Shemitah cycle, which year of the Shemitah cycle, which month of the year, which day of the month which day of the week, which hour of the day, and in which place. These questions are in a category called chekiros. There are other questions called bedikos, which Rashi explains are such questions as what did he kill with, a sword and an axe. The Gemara on our dove asks what the practical difference is between chekiros and bedikos and answers. Then in regards to chekiros, if one of the witnesses answers that he does not know, their edus is disqualified. Because it's testimony that cannot be refuted through hazama, since the second set of witnesses will be unable to prove his testimony was false by testifying he was somewhere else at the time of the crime. If one of the witnesses cannot answer one of the bedikos, their testimony is still accepted since their testimony can be refuted through Hazama. Rashi explains that whether the accused was wearing black clothes or white ones has no bearing on the time and location of the offense. Point number two, the Gemara Naman Beis brings a brace that lists the times that different people eat in the morning. Shavishonu Macha Ludin, the first hour of the day is when the cannibal tribe called the Ludin eat because they're gluttons. Shniya Machalisim, the second hour is when thieves eat who are also gluttons but get up later since they're up at night. Shlishit's Machal Yorshim, the third hour is when inheritors eat since they don't have to go to work. Revi's Machal Pauli, the fourth hour is when workers eat because they have to carry out their work first. Chamishit's Machal Tamlechachamim, the fifth hour is when Tamlechachamim eat since they're busy learning they should wait until the last possible time. And Shishis Machal Adam, the sixth hour is when all other people eat. The Brysa concludes, One who eats past this hour is like one who throws a stone into a leather sack. Rashi and Shabbos on Dab Yud Amadav explains this to me, that either it's harmful to the body, or that it's not harmful to the body, but it's not helpful either. Abai says that this was stated only when he did not eat anything all in the morning. However, if he ate something in the morning, this doesn't apply. And point number three, if Simi said that the Mishnah said him regarding discrepancy in testimony was only taught by Shabbos, regarding discrepancy in the hours of the day, However, if one witness testifies that he saw someone kill before the rising of the sun, and one witness testifies he saw the person kill after the sun rose, he do some betela. This testimony is disqualified. The Gemara asks that this is obvious since people don't get confused between these two time periods. So the Gemara changes the wording too. However, one witness testifies that he saw something before the rising of the sun, and one witness testifies that he saw something during the rising of the sun, which Rashi explains to mean at the beginning of the sun's rising, their testimony is disqualified. The Gemara says that this too is obvious, and then clarifies that one might have thought they are saying the same thing. The one who said it occurred at Nates was present at the globe before sunrise, and it was merely a radiance he saw, and he mistakenly thought the sun was already rising. Rav Simibashi is coming to say that no one would make such a mistake. So once again, the three points are, number one, the Gemara brings a mission from Sanhedrin that states that in regards to witnesses who testify that they saw someone kill, are you both going to Hakiros? The court would check the trustworthiness of each witness with seven questions about when and where they saw the killing. During which Shemitah cycle, which year of the Shemitah cycle, which month of the year, which day of the month, which day of the week, which hour of the day, in which place. These questions are in a category called Chakiros. There are other questions called Bedikos, which Rashi explains are such questions as what did he kill with a sword and an axe? The Gemara Ardav asks what the practical difference is between Chakiros and Bedikos and answers. That in regards to Chakiros, if one of the witnesses answers that he doesn't know, their edus is disqualified. The Havale edus she'yete yakul hazima, because it's testimony that cannot be refuted through hazama, since the second set of witnesses will be unable to prove 
his testimony was false by testifying he was somewhere else at the time of the crime. If one of the witnesses cannot answer one of the bedikas, their testimony is still accepted. Since their aidas can be refuted through Hazama, Rashi explains that whether the accused was wearing black clothes or white ones has no bearing on the time and location of the offense. Point number two, the Gemara on Ahmed Base brings a brace that lists the times that different people eat in the morning. The first hour of the day is when a cannibal tribe called the Ludim eat because they're gluttons. The second hour is when thieves eat, who are also gluttons, but they get up later since they're up at night. The third hour is when inheritors eat since they don't have to work. The fourth hour is when workers eat because they have to carry out their work first. The fifth hour is when eat since they're busy learning. They should wait until the last possible time. The sixth hour is when all the people eat. The Brysa concludes, one who eats past this hour is like one who throws a stone into a leather sack. Rashi and Shabbos and Duff Yud Amal explains this to mean either that's harmful to the body, or that's not harmful to the body, but it's not helpful either. Abai says this was stated only the Otam Midibatsafra, when he didn't eat anything at all in the morning. However, if he ate something in the morning, this doesn't apply. And point number three, Simibashi said that the Mishnah said him regarding discrepancy in testimony was only taught by Shalas regarding discrepancy in the hours of the day. However, if one witness testifies that he saw someone kill before the rising of the sun, and one witness testifies he saw the person kill after the sun rose, this testimony is disqualified. The Gemara asks that this is obvious since people don't get confused between these two time periods. So the Gemara changes the wording to However, if one witness testifies that he saw something before the rising of the sun, and one witness testifies that he saw something during the rising of the sun, which Rashi explains to mean at the beginning of the sun's rising, their testimony is disqualified. The Gemara says that this too is obvious, and then clarifies that one might have thought they were saying the same thing. The one who said it occurred at Nates was present at the globe before sunrise, and it was merely a radiance he saw, and he mistakenly thought the sun was already rising. Rav Simibashi is coming to say that no one would make such a mistake. All right, so now we go to our Sim for Dafyad base, and our standard Simon is 12 brothers. 12 brothers, not the Shvatim, but just 12 brothers. So here goes. The twelve brothers who owned a diner, who were peppered with seven questions about the patrons who came for breakfast throughout the morning, recognized the picture of the suspect. But some said he came before Nate's, and others said he came at the beginning of Nate's. Once again, in slow motion. The twelve brothers, twelve brothers, that must mean Ron Duff, Yud The twelve brothers who owned a diner, who were peppered with seven questions, which reminds us that the Gemara clarifies that the reason if one witness can't answer one of the seven Chakira questions regarding the time and location of the event, the eight is his battle, because it's Adis Shiata Yachul Hazima. Whereas by Bedikos, if one can't answer a question, the testimony stands because it's Adis Shiata Yachul Hazima. So the twelve brothers who owned a diner who were peppered with seven questions about the patrons who came for breakfast throughout the morning, which reminds of the different times that people eat in the morning, the looting, thieves, inheritors, workers, Tamle Chukami, and everybody else. So the twelve brothers who owned a diner who were peppered with seven questions about the patrons who came for breakfast throughout the morning recognized the picture of the suspect. But some said he came before Nate's, and others said he came at the beginning of Nate's. Which reminds us that Simi Ba'ashi said that the discrepancies in the 80s can still stand when the discrepancy is in hours. But if someone says that the event occurred before Nate's, and someone else said that it occurred during Nate's, the 80s is both because no one would confuse those two times. So once again, the 12 brothers who owned a diner who were peppered with seven questions about the patrons who came for breakfast throughout the morning recognized the picture of the suspect. But some said he came before Nate's, and others said he came at the beginning. Of Nate's. All right, now it's time for four blot back Chazara. Dav Ches. So the similar Dav Ches is Chala. So here goes. The scorched Chalas. Chalas. That must be one Dav Ches. The scorched Chalas were a result of the person who mistakenly used a torch for Bedika, which reminds us 
The Gemara in Damzayin on the base brings a bracelet that says, In Bokin Lola or Hachama or Havana or Havuka Elo or Aner. We cannot search for comets using the light of the sun, the light of the moon, or a torch. We need to use the light of a candle. The Gemara on Ardaf asks why a torch may not be used based on two statements from Rabbah who brings a Pasuk that teaches a torch is stronger than a candle and stated, mitzvah A torch is the best thing to use for Abdallah since its light is stronger than a candle. The Gemara brings four answers. Rav Nachman Yitzhak answered that this one, a candle, can be brought inside holes and cracks, thereby being ideal for searching for chametz. And this one, the torch, cannot be brought into such places. Razvid answered that This one, the candle, gives light in front of a person, thereby being ideal for searching for chametz. And this one, the torch, gives light in the back of the person. Rapapa says that the torch makes one afraid that he'll burn down the house. And Ravina says the light of the candle is steady, whereas the light of the torch flickers. So the scorched chalas were a result of the person who mistakenly used a torch from Medika, who almost burnt down his entire house after checking the small cracks and holes full of scorpions, which reminds us the Gemara brings a brace which states, We do not obligate a person to put his hand into holes and cracks to search for chametz, as this is dangerous. The Gemara explains, Because of the danger of scorpions that are inside these spaces and might sting a person who sticks his hand inside. The Gemara asks that Rabbi Lazar says that Shulchei Mitzah in a Nizokin, one who goes to do a mitzvah will not be hurt. Ravashi answers that we're concerned that he had lost a needle, and after he finishes searching for the chametz, he'll look for his needle. During the time that he's looking to find his missing needle, he'll not be protected. So the scorched chalas were a result of the person mistakenly used a torch for Badika, who almost burnt down his entire house after checking in small cracks and holes full of scorpions, next to the wine barrels in the basement. Which reminds us, in the Mishnah on Dab Beis Amaral, Beis Shammai said, that when one searches his basement of wine barrels, he must search Beishuros Alpenekol Marte, two rows on the face of the entire basement. Rav Yudha said the Beishami meant the two outer rows of barrels from the floor to the ceiling. Rav Yochanan said the Beishami meant Shura Achaz Kamin Gam, a single row in the shape of the Greek letter Gamma, which means all the outer rows of barrels from the floor to the ceiling and all the highest rows of barrels facing the ceiling. Beishuros said in the mission that one must search Shtehe Chitsonos Shehnel Yonos, the two outer ones which are the highest ones. Rav said, the Basil met the highest row, which is the closest to the outside, and the row underneath it. Shmuel said the Basil met the highest row, which is the closest to the outside, and the row behind it. Daf test. So the symbol Daf test is a teapot. So here it goes. The chul the spotted jumping out of a teapot. Teapot. That must be one Daf test. The chul the spotted jumping out of a teapot, leaving some chametz behind, which reminds us the next Mishnah states that ain't choshishin shemagera chuldem abaisim abaisim makam makam. We're not concerned that a chul the drag chametz from house to house or from place to place within the house. The Gemara says that this implies that we're not concerned for the possibility. But if we do indeed see a chul to bring chametz into a place that was already searched, then we do have to search again for the chametz in that area. The Gemara asks on this, Why does another search have to be done? We should assume that the chul they ate the chametz. The Gemara brings a proof to this concept from a mission that said, the Gemara brings a proof to this concept from a mission that says that if a chul that enters a place where there might be a dead body buried there, we can assume that he ate it. Rabbi Zerah answers, this one, the Mishnah discussing a dead body, is meat. And this one, our Mishnah that discusses comments, is bread. Achulda completely finishes eating meat and leaves nothing over, but does not completely finish eating bread and leaves some over. Since Achulda leaves over bread, we have to search again if we see it bring chametz into an already checked area. So the Chulda spotted jumping out of a teapot leaving some chametz behind, didn't find the guarded chametz in the closet. Which reminds us, on this the Mishnah states, we're not worried that Achulda will drag a piece of chametz from a non-checked area of the house, into a checked area of the house. The Gemara asks that at the end of the Mishnah on Daf Yud, on a base, we learn 
The chametz that one wants to leave over after the search for chametz in order to eat it, he needs to place in a guarded place so that he will not need to do another bedika. Meaning that if one didn't place his chametz in a guarded place, we are concerned that a chul would take it and then one would have to do another search in his house. If so, why does our mission say that we're not worried that a chul will bring chametz from a non-checked area of the house into a checked area of the house? Abai explains that on the 13th when there's chametz in every house, a chul that doesn't hide the chametz that he has because it's not worried that it will run out of food. And on the 14th, where the chametz is not found in every house, the chul that does hide the chametz. Therefore, on the 14th, we are concerned that the chul that took away the chametz and hid it. Rav and Rav Mari give two other answers. So the chul that spotted jumping out of a teapot, leaving some chametz behind, didn't find the guard of chametz in the closet. So he took some chametz from a pile next to matzah and scampered into a neighbor's home that had not yet done a badika. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses a case of one pile of matzah and one pile of chametz. And there are two houses there, one which was searched and one which was not. Two mice came and one took from the pile of matzah and one took from the pile of chametz. And each one entered a different house. We don't know which one entered which house. The Gemara says that this is comparable to a case of a bride that says if there are two baskets, one full of chuan fruit and one full of fruits of truma. And next to them are two containers, one holding fruits of chuan and one holding fruits of truma. And each one of these containers fell into a different basket. Then we assume that the chuan fell into the chuan and the truma fell into the truma. So too, in our case, we can assume that the chulda with the chametz dragged it into a house that was not checked, and the chulda with the matzah dragged the matzah into the house that was checked. The Gemara concludes that the Rabbanan were lenient because both cases involved the Rabbanan. Truma nowadays is a Rabbanan, and Bidika's chametz is a Rabbanan. Daf Yud. So the similar Daf Yud is a minion of Yidin. So here goes. The minion of Yidin. Minion of Yidin. That must mean we're on Daf Yud. The minion of Yidin, who couldn't find the chametz the mouse brought into their check shul, which reminds us, the Gemara and Duff test on the base and our Duff discussed halachas for seven situations of chametz. The fifth case was al ubadak v'lashkach. If a mouse went into a search home with chametz and the owner searched his house and didn't find it, the law can be derived from a malchus between Ramir and the Rabban as it's learned in the Mishnah and Nida regarding a case where a pile of stones containing tuma from a corpse became confused with two other piles of stones that were tahor. If all three piles were searched and still no trace of tuma is found, Ramir said kodavish becheska's tuma. Anything that has a chazaka being tame is always assumed to be in its state of tumah. Until it becomes known to you where the tumah is. He should search until he reaches a layer of rock or virgin granite. And if the tumah is not found, he may assume it's no longer there. Rashi explains that he may assume a raven or a mouse came and removed them. In the case of chametz, even Rebbe Mer would agree that the house need not be searched again, since the requirement is only the rabbanan. Rashi explains that we can assume the mouse ate the chametz. So the minion of Yidin who couldn't find the chametz the mouse brought into their check shul, emergency dialed the chametz busters who came with their ladders. Which reminds us, Rava asks in the case of Kikar Bishmei a loaf of bread which is on top of the beams of the ceiling, Sarech Sulamu or Ein Sarech. Does one need to get a ladder to take it down or not? Do we say that the Rabban do not require a person to get rid of chametz that's so high up as no one will accidentally eat it? Or maybe it might fall and then someone will eat it. Rava asks further, that if the Rabban were indeed concerned in the above case, what's the lacha if a loaf of bread is in a pit? Does one need to get a ladder to get it out? Do we say that the Rabban do not require that, being that it will not come up on its own? Or, or maybe someone might go into the pit to use the bathroom and when he sees it, he'll eat it. Rabba's last question is, what is the lacha if the loaf of bread is in the mouth of a snake? Do we say that one's required to hire a charm who can get the bread out of the snake's mouth? Or do we say that the Chumim did not require one to spend money on doing the search for Chumim's? The Gemara leaves these questions as a take. So the minion of Yin who couldn't find the chametz the mouse brought into the Jack Shul, 
of emergency dial the Chametz buses who came with the ladders on the morning of the 14th at the time of Biur. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, the Yudah says, We need to search for Chametz on the night of the 14th of Nisan, the morning of the 14th of Nisan, at the time that we burn the Chametz, which is during the 6th hour of the 14th. The Chachamim say that if one did not search for Chametz on the night of the 14th, then he must do on the 14th, and if he didn't check on the 14th, he needs to do it during the Moed, which Rashi explains to mean during the time that we burn the Chametz, meaning during the 6th hour. And if he did not do it during the Moed, he needs to check after the Moed up until dark. The Gemara concludes that the correct understanding of the Mishnah is that Rabbi Yudah really agrees to the Chachamim that a person is only required to search for Chametz one of these three times. The only argument regarding searching after the Chametz prohibition goes into effect. Rabbi Yudah holds that he can't do it any longer, as a decree against the possibility if he were to find chametz, he might come to eat it. Whereas the chametz hold that he may still do it after the time of burning the chametz. Rashi explains this is true only on the afternoon of the 14th, when the chametz is forbidden, but not yet subject to a penalty of karas. So the symbol of Yudah is stars, like the 11 stars in Yosef's dream. So here it goes. There were so many dazzling gold stars. Stars, that must be worn off Yudah. There were so many dazzling gold stars hanging all over the marketplace of Yerushalayim, full of flour and roasted grain, which reminds us. The Gemara explained on Daf Yud on the base that the reason that Rabbi Yehuda holds that one cannot do Badika once it becomes forbidden to eat chametz, because of a decree against the possibility that if you were to find chametz, he might come to eat it while handling it. The Gemara asks that we have another Mishnah from Menachem that states that after the Karbana Omer was brought, the markets of Yerushalayim were already full of flour and roasted grain from the new produce. It's evident that the flour was harvested, ground, and sifted before Pesach. Rameer said that the Chami did not approve that people had prepared the produce before the carbon omer was brought because they might have eaten it. Rabbi Yudah said that they did approve of this. We see that according to Rabbi Yehuda, we are not concerned that one will eat something forbidden while he's busy with it. Abaya answered, A person is detached from Chadash since he's not accustomed to eat from it all year and therefore not in the habit of picking some up and putting it in his mouth. Without thinking, a person is not detached from chametz, and therefore we are concerned that a person will eat it without thinking after it became prohibited. Two other answers were given. So there were so many dazzling gold stars hanging over the marketplace of Yerushalayim full of flour and roasted grain that people couldn't tell if it was the fifth hour or the seventh hour, which reminds us the next Mishnah states, where Mer says, that one may eat chametz the entire fifth hour of the 14th of Nisan, and one must burn it at the beginning of the sixth hour. Rashi explains, that even though Midar writes that chametz is permissible to eat the entire sixth hour, the abundance is forbidden because people might make a mistake and think that the seventh hour is the sixth hour and eat chametz. But the Yudah disagrees and says, Tolin kol chametz, we suspend chametz during the fifth hour. Rashi explains that this means that although one may feed chametz to his animals during the fifth hour, he may not eat chametz during this time. Rashi explains Rabbi Yudah's reasoning that we're concerned that it will be the seventh hour and one will think that it's the fifth hour and eat chametz. So there are so many dazzling gold stars hanging all over the marketplace of Yishuayim full of flour and roasted grain that people couldn't tell if it was the fifth hour or the seventh hour. And witnesses to a murder testified it occurred on different days. Which reminds the Gemara brings a Mishnah for Sanhedrin in order to eventually introduce a difficulty with our Mishnah. The first part of the Mishnah states that if one witness testifies that someone killed a person on the second of the month, and a second witness testifies that he killed on the third of the month, he do some kayemas. Their testimony is upheld. The reason is that we assume that they're testifying about the same event, just that the witness who says the second day of the month was aware that the month before him was 30 days, and the witness who testified the third day thought that the previous month was 29 days. However, if one testified that it happened on the third of the month, and the other testified that it happened on the fifth of the month, a Jews and Batela, their testimony is disqualified. As Rashi explains, it can't be that a person was two days off in their count of the day. All right, now it's time to conclude with a pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we learn? One is not kind to search in holes and cracks because of the danger of scorpions. That's on Duff. 
Ches. Good. Number two. Which stuff do you want if a mouse with chums went to a search home and Bedika was done and it isn't found, one does not need to do another Bedika? That's on Duff. Yud. Good. Number three. Which stuff do you want the difference between Chakiros and Bedikos? That's on Duff. Yud Beis. Good. Number four. Which stuff do you want Rabbi says chums becomes forbidden with the Rabban from the end of the fifth hour. Rabbi says at the end of the fourth hour. That's on Duff. Yudalv. Good. Number five. Which stuff do we discuss the various opinions regarding the Malkokot, the Beisham, Beis Hillel, about barrels of wine in the cellar? That's on Duff. Ches. Good. Number six. Which stuff do we learn the different times that people eat in the morning? That's on Duff. Yud Beis. Good. Number seven. Which stuff do we learn why Rabbi was concerned that one might come to eat Hamid after the Bedika, but not Chadash, before the Omer was brought? That's on Duff. Yudalaf. Good. Number eight. Which stuff is it that we learn a candle must be used for the Bedika from Psukim that connect Metziah to Chippus and Chippus to Neros? That's on Duff. Zion. Good. Number nine. Which stuff do we have Melchok? Because we're Yudah Nechamim. Whether Bedika is done after the time of Biur. That's on Duff. Good. Good. And number ten. Which stuff do we learn that we can assume one mouse dragged Chamis into an unsearched house and the other mouse dragged Matzah into the checked house? That's on Duff. Test. Good, that concludes our pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.